0: In this short time, behold your glory, uh, that we might understand better a king who would leave his throne and fight for us and call to us and invite us to join our lives to his. May your invitation be so clear to us today. Uh, May we see beyond these words, follow me, to the, the compassion and the marvel of this invitation, Uh, And may our hearts uh, race as we hear it. May we turn away from the things that burden us, that make us weary. May we instead join ourselves to you in such a way that those old things we have joined ourselves to fade into the distance, that we find life, abundant life, true life as you intend. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it is a... It is a great season at Beach Point right now. I, I, I think in a moment, even like this, you hear, um, see these songs that the worship arts are writing. Uh, last week, I got a chance to watch the grand opening of uh, Beach Point Huntington Beach and, and seeing it. I, and there were, I, there's not enough time to tell you all the stories, but I'll just tell you two quick things. That, you know, there's two different families that we met who shared they had not been to church since their wedding day. Uh, but got the mailer and came and showed up. Someone like I haven't been to church in 32 years. The last time I was in church was the day I got married. Someone else shared the exact same story. It had been like 10 years since, since they had been in church. And just, so, just some amazing things that are happening here. And, and you sense it and you feel it. Now, I will tell you, it's been a rather exhausting time as well. It's, it's tiring. It's, it's exciting, but tiring. And I know uh, many of you feel that as well. All of us uh, wrestle with fatigue. All of us wrestle with this sense of weariness and burden and, and life. Anyone uh, relate to that? Show of hands. How many of you feel a little tired? Not just because it's 8 30 in the morning, but because life just feels a little tiring right now, right? Well, God has ordained something. He's called his people to something and he's, he's demanded it. He's, he's uh, out of obedience, and that is to rest. He's called us to be people who learn to rest in him. And it's a hard thing for us, isn't it? It's hard to slow down. It's hard to not just accept the the frantic pace at which we live and, and do things. It's hard for us to slow down. It was hard then in ancient times. It's hard now in modern times. It's hard for us to slow down. But God has given us rest. Now, I know for myself and my family uh god uh, rest is not only a god ordained thing uh but it is a wife ordained thing so i every summer my wife ordains she she calls me you will take 10 days and no one's allowed to find you no one's allowed to call you no one's allowed to text you or email you so she will literally take me out of range, uh, and in fact, for me to actually take my phone and look at emails or texts or anything like that would not only be a willful sin against uh, God himself, but, but certainly against my wife, because I'd have to go through some big channels to actually try to figure out the technology to make it happen, and so I know out of the fear of my wife, there's no way I'm going to do it, so I know when we come back into range, uh, my phone is going to look like a slot machine. It's just going to be bing, 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 all the messages and things like that, uh, but for those days, it is just decompressed, it is, it is relaxed, it's enjoy her, enjoy my little daughter, and, and, and enjoy that time. Uh, and, and so it's good to stop, it's good to rest and relax, um, but many of us feel that sense of that, sometimes that rest and vacations or days off um, only begin to kind of touch the surface of where we're struggling with our weariness. That it's not just a, a fatigue of life and things that are going on, but there are these things that we, in essence, we take some days off, but we, we put ourselves right back into that frantic pace, don't we? We put ourselves right back into the things in life, the demands, the inner demands, the, the, the pressures from everything else. We put ourselves right back into the very thing that will make us weary all over again. And for some of us, it just turns into be these, these expectations to live up to. Uh, these things that we demand of ourselves and then physically, relationally, spiritually, all this fatigue just builds up all over again. And what we begin to understand is uh, we need not only rest, but in some ways what we need is reorientation. We need to rethink in some ways what is it that is making our life so uh, uh, burdensome. So why do we feel so weary from life? And we need to ask those questions. Now, Jesus Jesus looked out on the crowds as he began his ministry, and he saw the weariness of the people even then. He saw particularly the, the, uh, the spiritual weariness of the people. In fact, in one uh, moment, Jesus looks over Jerusalem, and he looks over the people, and it says he sees them, and he feels compassion. It means that he's, he literally was moved in his gut. He felt it in his, in his body, and he said they were helpless and harassed like sheep without a shepherd. They were kind of just wandering aimlessly, searching, trying in some way to find their way back to God. And they were going through all these things. There was kind of an oppressive movement at the time. There was all these demands of them, all these things they were doing. And as they were doing all these things, Jesus saw where they were at. He saw what they were going through and he saw how how burdened they felt and how weary they had become. And Jesus, in his great love for them, began to invite them to something different. As a song kind of captured it, here's the, the the king of the universe leaving his throne to come to fight for his creation, to come to fight for people, to invite them to come and to follow him. And so, I want to invite you this morning to think through uh, an idea with me—a uh, big idea. We call this uh, our big idea, in essence, almost the sermon in a sentence. But as we're thinking about this invitation of Jesus to follow me, uh, I want you to wrestle with this idea today. Uh, And here's the big idea today, and it's this, uh, that there's no one worth following like Jesus. Uh, You are going to follow someone or something. You are going to give your life, you're going to join your life to something, a cause, a purpose, a calling. You are going to follow something. You're going to follow someone. And I want to challenge you today to wrestle with the invitation Jesus gives you. Because Jesus will say the same thing to you. He will, he will call you out and say, look, you're attaching your lives. You're, you're giving your lives to someone and something. But he gives you an alternative. And you're going to see that the alternative is him. And I want you to wrestle with the idea uh, uh, today that there is. If I'm going to follow someone, if I'm going to follow something, there's no one worth following like Jesus. And so to get there, I I want us to look at this wonderful call in Matthew 11, verses 28 to 30. If you could turn to Matthew 11, uh, we're going to read these uh, short verses, these three short verses. Uh, But it's a powerful moment in Jesus' ministry. In some ways, Jesus, as this chapter is developing, there has been a lot of rejection towards him. There had been rejection towards John the Baptist, and Jesus calls the people out for it. There had been rejection towards him, even though he had, he had performed miracles. And people had seen things that really had blown their mind. Jesus says, look, you saw things, things that other people would have it would amaze them, but you just didn't turn, you didn't change. And then he says something interesting right before these verses. He says, no one knows the, 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 the son like the father. No one knows the father like the son. It's a very bold statement of what he's making. No one knows God like I do. And then he says these words. Now think about this. He's just said in front of everyone, no one knows God like I do. And now he says these words. So, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. In these short three verses, I want us to see two, two uh, things that I think are very important about Jesus being the one worth following. Uh, and then we'll think about this invitation, how we might respond to it. But the first thing I want you to see is in this idea is that Jesus is compassionate to our weariness. He's compassionate to our weariness Now, uh, to help understand this first idea, you have to understand the word picture that Jesus gives. Now remember, in, in these biblical times, many of the word pictures and ideas were meant for an audience that understood agriculture and, and farming and all these different things. And so the, the word picture Jesus gives is this picture of a yoke. Now a yoke is this harness. So, and so we'll have a picture of it right here. So it's a, it's a beam, it's a wooden beam that you put across two animals and join them together. And so you can see the unique way in which two animals into into this, this harness, and they are joined together. And so for, for the animals, as they are joined together, in some ways, this picture of the yoke, this idea, image of the yoke, Jesus used, in fact, Scripture uses many times to help us understand the things that we have attached ourselves to or been joined to. And many of the times, we realize the things that we've become subject to. And Jesus uses this in this very same way. And so what we see in this beginning is Jesus says something to the crowd. He says, you are yoked to something. Notice he doesn't say to anyone here, he's not saying some of you are yoked together. Notice what he's saying. He's looking out and he can see the weariness and the burden of them. And he's saying to them, it's because you're yoked to the wrong things. You're yoked to the wrong things. You're already yoked to something. Unfortunately, though, it is the wrong things. And for these people, the, the, at their time, um, uh, the spiritual expectations of the religious leaders. Uh, in fact, if you were to skip forward to chapter 23, he uses this uh, illustration again. He talks about why do you place, he speaks to the religious leaders themselves. Why do you place this yoke of burden on the people? So all these expectations, all these living up to the, the expectations of the law, all these demands of what they must do to please the leaders and please God, all these things you would do to make God pleased with you. And here he is, the one who's just said, no one knows, like, knows God like me. And the, the way you're trying to know God is all wrong. In fact, I can see it on you. You're wearing yourself out. You're burdening yourself in this way. And so the teachers of the law have done this. And, and weary evokes images of someone being exhausted from their work and their journey. And so he says, he looks at them and he says, look, I can just see it on you. You're exhausted. Burden indicates that they, they're weighed down with these heavy loads. And in some ways it's like uh, living life with this giant backpack. And so they have this giant weight on them. And Jesus looks at them and says, for some reason you have decided that This is going to be your normal. You're just going to live life with this giant burden on your back. And you've just surrendered to it. You've just kind of given yourself over to it and said, that's just how life is. And that's just how life is going to be. And and notice what Jesus is saying. He's looking at this and, and as he sees it, he's not just calling them out. He's compassionate to where they are. What he's trying to tell them is, why are you living like this? Why do you think this is normal? Why do you think this is the way it should be? Maybe, maybe you realize this, this is where you are. That in essence, that your life looks a lot like this. That you're carrying around this giant burden. You've joined yourself with something that really is, is not uh, necessary. In some ways, you've given yourself to some form of expectation of who you are and who God wants you to be. And it's like you're carrying around this giant weight, this giant burden in your life. And you've just come to believe that this is just your normal. This is just how it's going to be. And you've accepted it. And you've accepted that it's okay to live life being weary all the time. And spiritually being weary. I remember a, a friend of mine, he was a pastor. He was kind of a bigger guy. And he was always kind of the funny guy and everything like that. And, and he would speak at our camps that we'd go to. And, and so we came back the next year at camp. And he had lost all this weight. He'd lost 70 pounds. And he was, so he's up in front and we're, we're like, Where'd the other half of you go? I mean, this is amazing. We are looking at him and he goes, he said, he goes, you know, I've lost all this weight. He goes, it's funny. He goes, I thought, I thought that was just going to be my life. That was just going to be normal carrying around these 70 pounds. And he says, I didn't quite understand how dynamic the 70 pounds was until, and he, what he did is he grabbed two 35 pound bags of dog food you know those giant bags and he picked those two bags up he actually after he picked up the first one he needed someone else to help him pick up the second one so he's carrying around these two 35 pound bags of dog food and he's saying to the crowd he goes i just thought this would be my normal and you're looking at this and going that's crazy why would anyone think that should be normal And then you realize, in essence, kind of what he's saying is that all of us, for some reasons, at at times in our lives, we take this giant burden on and we think this is normal. This is just how it's going to be. And this is just how life is going to be. Do you you ever get to this place of weariness and you say, we just got to get to here. We just got to get to, like with kids, when you have kids, we just got to get to summer vacation and we get to summer vacation and the weariness goes away a little bit, but it really doesn't go away, does it? Or we've just got to get to the point where the kids are out of the house. Or we've got to get to retirement. or we got, Whatever it is you, you place this hope on, I've just got to get to here. But if you never take this burden off, if you never join yourself to the right thing, you exhaust yourself. You're burdened, you're weary. And Jesus looked at them and said, why do you think this is the way it has to be? And so whether it's approval or power or wealth or love or whatever it is, you have to figure out, what have I joined myself to? See, no one here gets to be able to say, I haven't joined myself to something. I haven't haven't yoked myself to something else. Jesus says, look, you've yoked yourself to the wrong things. So if you're feeling weary, if you're feeling burdened, can you ask yourself that question? So what is it that I've yoked myself to? What have I joined myself to? What burden have I decided I'm going to carry around as if this is just going to be my new normal? And Jesus is saying it doesn't have to be this way. In fact, notice the next thing that he says, Jesus Uh, This is our second point, that Jesus desires to lead us to the best life possible. Why Jesus is a leader worth, worth following, of all the leaders, of anyone else you could join yourself to, is because what Jesus has intent for you is the best life possible. If at any moment you think that what Jesus is calling you to is oppression, I want to rule and dominate your life for my own pleasure, and I don't really care what happens to you. You don't really understand him. You don't understand that he can look on the crowds with compassion. He could say, come to me, all you who are weary, all of you who are burdened, and I will give you rest. He says, then take my yoke upon you. So think about this for a second. What Jesus is inviting you to, what Jesus is giving to you, is himself. Imagine the yoke that's there and what Jesus is inviting you to is take your head out of the yoke you're in and now come to me. And when you see the opening of of this new yoke, what you notice next to that opening is what? It's him. It's himself. He's saying, join yourself to me and watch the difference. Join your life to mine and discover what you were made to be. And do. Discover what I had in mind when I knit you together in your mother's womb. Discover your calling and purpose and the life, the abundant life I have for you. Come, join yourself to me. He offers us Himself. In this. Now, it's an interesting uh, uh, quotation that Jesus is giving. In fact, it, he's quoting the Old Testament when he says this. So in the book of Jeremiah in chapter 6, there was this moment in which Jesus, in essence, is quoting this. He says, this is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient path. Ask where the good way is and walk in it. And you will find rest for your souls. So in this prophetic moment, the Lord speaks and says, if you'll give your life to me, if you'll put your trust in me, you will find rest for your soul. So what is Jesus saying again? He's quoting this passage. If you'll come to me, if you'll put your life in my hands and trust me, if you'll follow me, you will find rest for your souls. In essence, this idea of of Jeremiah is a right relationship with God brings rest. And Jesus is now saying, I am that right relationship. I am the one in which you put your life, you trust me, you follow me, you join your life to mine. And what you will find is rest for your souls. Now, isn't it fascinating that Jesus does not say, come to my teaching. He doesn't say, come to my miracles. He says, come to me See, in some ways, again, Jesus is saying, uh, he's not saying to us that you can get rid of yokes. In fact, what he's saying is, everyone is going to join themselves. Everyone's going to have some yoke. And so what I'm saying is, take mine on. It's light. It's easy. The burden is manageable. Jesus is saying, join me, follow me, trust me. And in all this, what we see is the offer that he's making to you is himself. Walk with me. What he wants is relationship. Not a, a series of do's and don'ts. Not a, a series of activities that we would do to somehow bring pleasure to God. But instead, find your pleasure in knowing me and being with me and walking with me in this life. This, uh, these past two weeks, my son uh, came home from Chicago for spring break. And he said to me uh, this last week, he said, he said, Hey, Dad, do you want to go to spring training? And uh, I said, what, like, you and some of your friends? Like, you want me to take you guys there? He goes, no, just me and you. And so I looked at him, and I said, mm, let me see. Let me see what I can do. That was on the outside. That's what I showed him. Now, let me show you what it looked like on the inside. On the inside, it was, oh, my gosh, my son wants to be with me. Oh, my, I went to my wife. I'm like, Andrew wants to go to spring training, just the two of us. I was like the prom girl who just got asked by the quarterback. I was like, I was so, I came back to him like, I think I can make that happen, you know, I try to keep it clear, try to keep it cool. And we spent two days together, it was a, fr- on a frantic pace, watching games, eating nachos, uh, playing softball, hanging out. I mean, we did all these things together. And what I realized is the, the, the greatness of the experience wasn't any one of those things. It was being together. It was the conversations. It was the presence. It was uh, talking about school and life and girls and all those things. It was being together. I love what Jesus is doing because he's asking you to join yourself to him. Jesus is not a consultant who stands back and says, let me tell you how to make your life less burdensome. Let me talk to you, let me give you four steps of how to get rid of weariness in your life. Get rid of this, do this, get rid of this, do this. He's not a consultant. Now, I get to be a consultant from time to time. People will come to me. Uh, I teach at Talbot Seminary and Biola University. And, and so they'll come to me and say, hey, can you talk to me about church stuff and this and that? And I, what I've learned is it's a very dangerous profession to be in. Um, and so I'm meeting with a guy this week, and I'm, I'm a little nervous about it because I realize whatever advice I give him, I'm not going to walk in it with him. I'm not going to be there to make the decisions and to live with the consequences. And so it's somewhat of a dangerous, I, I realize it's somewhat of a dangerous job. And what I love is that Jesus doesn't act like a consultant to us. He doesn't stand back and give us a detailed action plan. He says simply this, if you are tired of being tired, if you you want rest for your souls, do this. You see this opening right next to me? Place your head in it. Join yourself to me, and I'll show you what life is all about. Follow me, join me, live life with me, come to me. Michael Wilkins uh, simplifies in some ways what it means to be a disciple of Jesus, what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And he says it this way, he says, As complicated as life may become, discipleship, following Jesus, is at heart simply walking with Jesus in the real world, and having him teach us moment by moment how to live life his way. At heart, simply walking with Jesus in the real world and having him teach us moment by moment how to live life his way. What Jesus is interested in is relationship. Join your life to mine do you want to know God? No one knows God like me. Do you want to know God? Come to me. Come to me and you will know God. Follow me. Trust me with your life. Place your head next to mine. Let's walk in this together. Let me lead you. Now with a yoke, what was interesting is if you had a young, immature animal, you would take it you place it next to a mature animal. And and that young animal, as much as it would try to pull away, that, that older, mature, stronger animal would be able to control it and train it and teach it. And what Jesus is saying is, look, you don't quite get how to do life yet until you join yourself to me and you walk with me and I will teach you. And I will show you how God intends you to live life as you were meant to live it. This is why in John 10 he could say, I've come to give you life, life that is abundant there's no one worth following like Jesus. What he wants for you is life, full life. In fact, Galatians 5, many of you memorized these, these uh, words uh, years ago. But think about this. In Galatians 5, it gives us this comparison of a life that we live according to our flesh, or our own kind of desires. And, and there's this kind of long list of stuff that we realize, when if I give myself to my flesh and my own desires, That's true. I give myself to all kinds of chaos. And then it says in verses 22 and 23 that if you give your life to the Spirit, if you let the Spirit of God lead your life, it leads to fruit. It leads to this this result. And here it is. The fruit of the Spirit, okay, or the fruit of the life lived by the Spirit of God, is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Now, just look at that list for a second. Think about maybe the last year of your life. How, how many different ways have you pursued those different things? By reading a book or going to a workshop or uh, hiring a personal trainer or whatever it is that you did. How many different things did you do? Chasing those things. And God simply says to you, do you want to know abundant joy? Do you want to know This peace that surpasses understanding. Do you want to have patience and forbearance and perseverance in life to handle the troubles that are inevitable? Then join your life to mine. Walk with me. Let your life be led by me, led by my spirit. And these things just, it's the fruit. It's it's just the natural consequence of a life in which I lead with you. There's no one worth following like Jesus. And so Jesus gives an invitation, and he invites us to respond. I want us to think about a response, and the response is is really very clear. What Jesus is inviting you to do in response is this. He says, come to me. Come. The response for us is to come to Jesus and join our lives to his. Come to Jesus and join your life to his. Now, I don't know, whatever is bugging you or bothering you, whatever is draining you, whatever is making you unbelievably tired in your soul today, it is because you have yoked yourself to something other than Jesus. It's as simple as that. If your soul is tired, it is because you are yoking yourself to something other than Jesus or you are resisting his leadership in your life, the way he is leading you. Now, I've been a Christian about 30 years, and what I've discovered is you cannot add Jesus to an already busy life. You can't have all your stuff, and Jesus, in essence, tries to be the cherry on top. I'll just have a little bit of Jesus just to add a little spirituality to this already uh, beautiful kind of mosaic of my life. When you join yourself to Jesus, you're saying, you lead and I will follow. And I've had trouble at times where I realize, Lord, Lord, I have joined myself to you, but it doesn't feel light and easy right now. It doesn't. I, I still I feel tired and I feel burdened. My neck hurts. So why is that? Thankfully, a puppy trainer at Petco taught me why. Uh, this this twenty year old guy, we took our our little puppy Maverick. Uh, we, Kim and I are not dog people, we don't know what we're doing. So we took him to Dog obedience school to learn, and so we, 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 one of the lessons was on what they call how to have a loose, leash walk. And so the idea is, when you take your dog for a walk, now you can see Maverick's not very good at it, as Becca's like I mean, she tried it once with skates, and it was like almost disastrous. Um, he's very, he's a puppy, he's very excited. And so he, what he was explaining to us is the idea of the walk is that you and your dog learn to walk together. It, it should be a loose leash walk. A mature dog understands that and will come to this place where the two of you actually walk together. And so uh, my wife Kimberly says this. She goes, you know, I, I'm a little worried that I'm choking Maverick. Like maybe I need to buy him a different collar. I need to get one of those harnesses. I want to be a little bit more pet friendly. Sometimes he runs off ahead. Other times he just lays down and he doesn't want to go. And I'm, I'm yanking at him I'm pull, or I'm pulling him back. She goes, I feel like I'm choking him all the time. And then he said this. And I'm sitting there and I'm kind of learning puppy stuff. And then he said this. And I realized he's no longer speaking, but the Spirit of God is speaking. And I'm the puppy. I'm the one learning the lesson. And he simply says this. He says, you're not choking Maverick. Maverick's choking himself. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like crying, you know, in puppy class, like, what's the big deal? Like, okay, because uh, now I realize I know why my neck hurts. I know why my soul's tired because I'm the one who's running off ahead. And he starts explaining, look, Maverick is excited and he runs off ahead, but you got to hold him in. you got to teach him to walk with you because if you just let him go off on his own, imagine he can run off into traffic. He could, he could threaten his own life. He could threaten the lives of others. And when there's moments where he lays down and he won't go, you know the way, you know the path, and you're, you're trying to tug him along because it's safer for him to be with you than to hold back. It's better for him to be with you than to hold back. And I'm listening to this, I'm realizing, I know why my neck hurts. Because I race off ahead when Jesus is saying, can't we just walk together? Or he calls me to something and I lay down, I'm like, I don't want to go. I don't want to do it. I don't like where we're headed. And he's saying to me, you don't, think, you don't trust me? You don't think I know where this path is going? You don't think I have a good idea of where this is going to go? Where are you running ahead of Jesus right now? Where are you lagging behind? I mean, do you feel it? Do you feel the, the, the pain in your neck? Do you feel the pulling? Do you feel the fatigue? Is it because you're, you're running ahead? Is it because you're, you're lagging behind? The call Jesus makes is simply this. Come to me. Join your life to mine. Trust me. Follow me. This series is, has a very clear invitation. This is a, a short series leading into Easter. There's probably no better way to walk into Easter than to simply internalize one of Jesus' core messages, which was follow me. You know, some people last week, we had seven people last week decide to follow Jesus for the very first time. Three in Huntington Beach, four here in Fountain Valley. Some of you have been kind of hanging around Jesus. You've been hanging around maybe the church and things like that. But what you realize is the call Jesus is making to you is, that's great you're hanging around, but at some point you're going to have to decide, do you want to continue to harness yourself to these other things or do you want to give yourself to me? And Jesus says there's an opening right next to mine. Place your head and come with me and I will give you rest for your souls. I will show you God. And if you have never made that commitment before, if you've never given your life to Jesus, I would encourage you this morning, just as someone did last night, to decide to take Jesus at his invitation. He says, come to me, follow me. You would decide today, Jesus, you have my life. That in this morning, you would decide, Jesus, I give you my life. There's no one worth following like him. Trust him. And some of us here realize that we have joined ourselves, but we're, we're pulling, we're tugging, we're falling behind. And we need to confess that. And we need to ask for his help. And so let's pray together. Let's bow together. And part of what defines Beach Point Church is a simple Uh, phrase for us. To become authentic followers of Jesus Christ means that we've learned that expression deepens the impression. That there are times we need to express our faith. Next week, many will express their faith in baptism. But I want, before we go any further, as we take a moment, we bow, we pray, we humbly come before Jesus. He says to you, come to me, follow me. And so before I pray, as you're taking a moment, if it's your prayer this morning to say, Lord Jesus, I trust my life to you. I give you my life. Uh, I want to encourage you just to place your hand in the air and say, that's, that's, my, that's my decision. That's my hope. That's my prayer. And for each of us that are sitting here this morning, God bless you. Each of you who are sitting here this morning, if you're pulling, if you're tugging, would you just confess, Lord, this is where I'm falling behind and I need your help. Lord, this is where I'm straining ahead and this is where I need your help. Would you just take just the next 30 seconds, confess those things to him. Lord, this is where I need your help. And then we'll close with a final song.